You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel with the Joes, Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio from BetQL. Welcome back. BetQL Daily, presented as always by FanDuel Sportsbook. Joe O, Joe G with you on a football Friday, final regular season football Friday. Week 18 is here. We'll get the contest picks from Joe and Paul where they're leaning right now. Coming about 20 minutes, lightning bets before the hour ends. Ed Egros, more ways to win Valley Sports West. He's with us right now. And of course, FanDuel to talk about week 18. Ed, happy new year. Welcome back to the show. He's happy to have you. We, uh, Ed, before we get to the games and some of the, the matchups, how do you approach this? Joe and I were open the show today with just how difficult it feels sometimes to this kind of week 18. Some guys are sitting, some teams are being vague about it. How do you approach this? Is, is there a strategy or a thought to week 18 compared to the rest of the year? I actually do have a bit of a strategy here. So one of the things that I did was I looked at last season and specifically I looked at games that involved one team needing to do something involving playoff positioning or even getting to the playoffs. They had some reason to play for the postseason and the other team had quote unquote nothing to play for in terms of uh, the playoff landscape. And what I did was I looked at spreads and I looked at what wound up happening in the game and I did take out one outlier, which involves the Baltimore Ravens, because they do things differently. They always play hard, no matter what the situation is. Uh, We see that in the preseason all the time. You always back Harbaugh. You get the idea. So I take that out because it's an outlier. And what I found was that the market overrates motivation, quote unquote, by about two points. Now, granted, this is a super small sample size, and I only looked at last season. It's only a handful of games. But intuitively, that does make sense to me because this idea of motivation is one of those things that may be a little bit tough for analytical models and books to capture. And a lot of people, I think, will automatically go, well, they have nothing to play for, so they're just going to lie down. And then you take the team that's going after playoff position. Go back to last season. The Cowboys were in a similar position where they felt like, you know, we need to win this game over the Giants. And then we will have a chance. We need some help getting into the playoffs, but we need to at least win this game first and foremost. And they didn't. The Giants, they had nothing to play for, and they wound up winning that game outright. There are other examples of this over the last several years where a team with, quote-unquote, no no motivation at all won a game outright. And so to me, I hate the fade the public trope, but I do believe that we overrate teams that don't seem to have any playoff motivation. 100%. And to back up your statement, if we want a larger sample size, uh, the Action Network put it out there. Since 2003, eliminated teams against the must-win team, 16 and 26 against the spread, 38%. Mm -hmm. Uh, When it's more than a field goal, 31%. 
Uh, Club TA, great follow on Twitter. Since mm-hmm. 1990, teams out of playoff contention, 94, 56, and 4. That's 63% in weeks 16 and 17 against the teams that are in a must-win scenario to keep their playoff hopes alive. So I'm, I'm not the biggest trends player. I know you're not the biggest trends player, but that is something that's, that's useful for us to take a look at because people are t- only looking at these heavy favorites and all oh, these underdogs with the backup quarterbacks and uh, they're not going to be trying. They are, they are, and they're, they're fighting for their future because they're putting tape on, uh, out there for other teams. So just another way to look at it. For example, like the Colts game, I was talking about that. And mm-hmm. as we compare the look aheads to where they sit right now, it's you said it was like two points. They added a six point tax because the Colts are playing for something. It was eight and a half last week and it's 14 and a half right now. Amazing. It's amazing. It and, yeah. and and also look at the, the state of the Jaguars right now. They would love to finish the look, they are not in a position where okay, they need to tank because they need to get a, a play a better spot in the draft. That's the last thing that they're probably thinking about because they already have their franchise quarterback and they have a lot of guys who are trying to prove themselves for next season and future contracts and things like that. And coaches, front offices, they look at these individual games. They look at what – I mean, there are contract incentives all over the place that that, that can be really difficult to keep up. There are a lot of reasons why an eliminated team is playing for something. And the fans may not care, but the coaches, the individual players – they absolutely, especially with the Jaguars, where you've got a bunch of coaches trying to figure out where they're going to be a season from now. You believe that you're a humongous underdog to the Colts with that incredible running game, and you win that game outright, all of a sudden, you're getting everyone else's attention. Absolutely, the Jaguars have something to play for. Um, also on approach, because I think this is this is more important than getting a few picks, but we're going to do that as well. Uh, are, are you doing more first quarter, first half betting, are you going to look at uh, doing live betting? I, I don't know if that's something you do on a regular basis. Maybe taking underdogs when the starters are pulled, taking unders when starters are pulled. Certainly when it comes to the live betting side of things, uh, that, that should always be in play. And uh, yeah. there's certainly some situations where I do it more than others. And, and like you mentioned, when, when starters get pulled, I think that's going to matter. But I look at, say, the Cowboys-Eagles game, for instance, on Saturday. Dak Prescott always plays longer than than when Cowboys fans are comfortable. And so that's probably a situation where I like the first half situation a good bit more. And I know the Eagles have been absolutely decimated as far as who's going to be playing because of COVID concerns and COVID issues. So first half might make a good bit more sense because I do know there is a significant quarterback disparity once Dak Prescott leaves the game. Now, it may not happen for a while, if at all. But to me, that's probably a first bet that I'm really comfortable with because I know, A, of the quarterback disparity for the Cowboys, that B, they keep Dak in a good bit longer, and C, look at the previous meeting between the two. The Cowboys blew them out. No reason to say they can't do it again. Yeah, and Ed, with the way the Eagles prioritize the quarterback position, including backup, I wouldn't be shocked if there are third stringers in there at some point. If Hurts sits, mm-hmm. you know, Minshew starts, I think it's uh, Reed Sinnott is their third string quarterback. We might see him. <laughs> it's a real preseason feel. Um, Do the Eagles have a history of this? I can't remember. Do the Eagles a have a bit. history of? Okay, a little okay. bit. Yeah, that that final week of the season, they 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 do things funny with quarterbacks <laughs> sometimes. Uh, Ed, let's hit the one game that we know is meaning on both sides. It should be a true regular NFL game with a lot of meaning. Chargers Raiders, Chargers three point favorites, Sunday Night Football. 
Uh, Staley already said they're not going to do the knees on both sides and tie the game because they both oh, be able geez. to tie. Yeah, that's out. Where do you lean here? Chargers, Raiders uh, for a playoff spot. Well, they should do the knee outs uh, or the kneel downs uh, all the way through, which means you back the Raiders plus three. Boom. That's my analysis for you. Sign, sealed, deliver. That's it. Under. Uh, yeah, yeah, and the under, right? Uh, yeah, do an alternate under uh, for FanDuel and uh, like 0. 0.5. That's the way to do it. See if you can get that. Uh, no, it's something where I do – I am backing the Raiders uh, in this one, in large part because Justin Herbert, as, as great as he's looked, his ceiling is certainly really, really high – he throws into a lot of tight windows, and often that can lead to volatile results. Sometimes it works out great, but sometimes it doesn't. And I think he does that in large part, not necessarily because of decision-making, though that may be a part of it, but I do question the depth at wide receiver for the Chargers. There are guys who are getting rolled out there whose names I can't quite remember. It's it's getting that that serious over there. And so tight windows for Justin Herbert. His passer rating's not great, but passer ratings for quarterbacks usually aren't that great when you're throwing in the tight windows often. But it's something where, because he relies on that so much, if you have a secondary that could be opportunistic, like the Raiders have, then all of a sudden this game gets a good bit closer than you would expect. Especially given that I love Derek Carr, especially given that the front of this Raiders defense can apply just enough pressure for Justin Herbert to force himself into tight windows. I can see this Raiders defense keeping this game interesting to where the Raiders have a chance to cover the spread. I think at one point today, I, I talked myself into uh, making some sort of a case using pretzel logic that the Bengals sitting everybody plus six, there's value there. So I hate this week. I can't wait till we're sitting here on Monday <laughs> and previewing all these uh, playoff matchups. Uh, you, you tell me, I mean, I'm considering Washington laying nearly a touchdown. I mean, it's just, I hate this week. Uh, where, what do you like, if anything? And if nothing is certainly fair, uh, we, we can move on to, to maybe some <laughs> Futures Talk or Monday's National Championship. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, one game that I do like here uh, involving uh, an eliminated team versus a non-eliminated team is I do like Houston plus 10 uh, against the Titans in part because I think the best receiver on the field plays for the Texans in Brandon Cooks. And so I also love the over in that game. That's probably a game where we're going to see two offenses uh, really light up the scoreboard. The Titans certainly have a reason to do so because they want to win that game and certainly get the one seed, and I think they will do that. But Houston obviously has motivation. Uh, to showcase what they can do as well. Because again, like we talked about, a lot of guys looking for future contracts, coaches doing the same thing, all that good stuff. So this is a game where I feel like you're going to see a lot of points. Love the over. I think Houston can cover a large spread. 
And that's probably the one game where I'm feeling friskiest. And let me throw this at you before we um, we wrap this week. And, and certain things will change based on seeding. Um, I'm curious if you think there's any value on a team like the Titans. They're an interesting team. They're likely going to be the one seed. Right now, mm-hmm. they are 12 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. They're not even the favorite, obviously, in their own conference. That's the Chiefs. This, this usually doesn't happen. When I mean, you can find right now on FanDuel the Titans as the third favorite in the AFC, they're already likely past the first round, right? Of the seven teams, they're the only ones that don't have to play in the first round, likely, if they beat the Texans. Do you think there's value on the, on the Titans plus 450 to win the AFC right now? based on the number one seed that is probably theirs. I do. I do see value in them, in large part because the offense is getting healthier, and they handle the play-action game a good bit differently when Derrick Henry is on the field. And as we talked about many times, play-action is good for every quarterback, but especially with Ryan Tannehill, who can be a little bit turnover-prone at times, he really needs the play-action game for him to shine. And I think Mike Vrabel and company – they just love play action more when Derrick Henry's on the field. They don't need to. They it doesn't matter who the running back is. They should be, you know, doing a lot of play action given who they have at quarterback. But it does seem like that there is a significant discrepancy when he's out there. And plus the receivers are getting a good bit healthier. And everyone knows about, you know, the top two receivers that they have, but once they are healthy, they one of the reasons why the Titans have not had great offensive metrics is because of health concerns at wide receiver. If they are completely healthy for this January, February run, then yeah, the Titans will have one of the more dangerous offenses running and passing. And I like their chances. Monday night national championship. There were some observers that were surprised to see Georgia favored by three in this one because the SEC championship fresh in their mind, no matter what happened uh, playoff weekend. What do you think of this line? Because SEC title game was a touchdown, and now we're down to three. Anything total props? What interests you Monday? I believe it was one and a half prior to the semifinal games, if I'm not mistaken. Georgia minus I, one and I a saw, half or minus one, yeah, something like that. I know Circus Sports said their hypothetical line was one. I, I know yeah. that's where they started. And And to me, that's interesting because the semifinal games told me absolutely nothing about what to expect come Monday night. These are two brilliant coaches in terms of knowing not to put anything on film. They knew coming in that they were going to manhandle their respective opponent and do what they need to do. And Georgia may have thrown out a trick play, you know, once or twice there. And so that may be a bit of a concern. But Nick Saban knew, just call a ton of running plays. Do not put anything on film because Kirby Smart, as smart as he is, will figure out what the tendencies are offensively. Both coaches understand this. And so if you look at the semifinals and try and figure out anything in terms of what Monday night will look like, then you are succumbing to recency bias and you are doing it wrong. You are doing it wrong. Simply put from the top-down method, this was minus one. Now it's minus three. Alabama plus three is the way here so that you can get sort of this pseudo-CLV, so to speak, that shouldn't have been there Mm -hmm. in the first place. How about from the first time they face each other? Like, we could take something from that. We saw this matchup, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it was, four weeks ago. It was an Alabama day. And the thing that jumped out to me that day, um, Ed, was the Alabama offense went up against a defense that in Georgia that had just dominated all year, and they put up points. What kind of game do you think we're getting? Is it another high-scoring game? Because that went way over the total. Or do you think the adjustments lead to more of a lower-scoring game Monday night? I'm probably thinking somewhere in the middle in large part because I do believe Georgia's defense is going to play a little bit better. I mean, look, Stetson Bennett had some bad turnovers there. I I think he will fix some of them. 
I, I certainly believe that Alabama has the quarterback advantage. And that, to me, is the interesting thing, is that Alabama has the quarterback advantage. I think that's safe to say. They have the coaching advantage. I think that's safe to say. And, Alabama, and, and Nick Saban, I think, has not been showing too much on film, in large part because he has always known that to win the national championship, he would have to go through Georgia probably twice, and he's going to have to do that. And so, yeah, they looked bad in the Iron Bowl, but Jamison Williams didn't play for much of that game. Uh, you know, Mechie had, you know, the worst game of his life. Uh, and then, you know, he's not going to be around for this game. But now that Alabama has time to sort of supplement the wide receiver position, I do believe that it's going to be kind of a medium scoring game where Georgia will be a good bit better prepared. But Alabama will still have some serious advantages that Georgia has only faced once before. Ed, great stuff. We always appreciate hopping on. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy week 18 national title. Next time we talk. We're getting ready for a playoff weekend. Ed, thank you. Thank you. There he goes. Ed Egras, of course, from FanDuel. More ways to win on the Roman guest line. Get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Go to GetRoman.com slash now to get $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman.com slash On the other side, where are Joe and Paul in their process to make their contest picks for Week 18? And which coaches? Mike get fired. And there was big NFL injury news. Someone might come off the IR for the playoffs. We'll hit that next as well on the BetQL Network. These Joes are helping you bet like a pro. It's Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio and Aaron Hawksworth on BetQL Daily. Presented by FanDuel Sportsbook.